Welcome back to ENN Radio, a weekly podcast from Elon News Network bringing you the story behind the headlines. I'm Anna Terry. This week on ENN Radio, we are talking about the pandemic's impact on staffing. Today, I'm joined with Elon News Network's executive director, Kira O'Connor. It's so great being back with you. I feel like I have not done this in such a long time. I guess it's probably been about six months, but I'm so excited to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited for you to be back, too. Yeah. And in The Pendulum this week, you wrote a piece talking about the pandemic impacting staffing. And one of the people you spoke to is the town of Elon town manager, Rich Rodner, who discussed the various trends he's seen in job listings since the start of the pandemic back in 2020. Can you share exactly what he said he has witnessed? Yeah. So I spoke with Mr. Rodner and I definitely went into this interview with the idea of the answer is going to be less people. I went into the whole story with that idea that the whole story was going to be about the shortage of people. And actually, Mr. Rodner was really insightful to me because he said, it's not really a lack, it's not a shortage of people, it's a lack of interest. And so the best example he gave me was the police department four or five years ago would have 25 to 30 applicants when they were putting up a job posting. Now they see four to five. Rodner said that the period between posting a job listing and awaiting an applicant response has grown longer over the past two years. And he was saying that this could be due to the pandemic, it could be due to the cyclical nature nature of the economy, it could be just lack of popularity in the job. But the impact that the town has seen is it just takes so much longer to fill a position than previously, which I thought was extra interesting because, as he mentions in an interview that I had with him, you know, government positions are usually easy to fill. They offer a lot of stability. They offer a lot of benefits. So this difference was definitely something that was a little bit more unexpected to him. Mm hmm. And you also spoke to Emily Lewis, who's the owner of Carolina Sundries, a local Burlington grocery store that recently opened up in January. So very new. And as a new business, has she been feeling the weight of this labor shortage at all? She has. And this came up pretty organically in our interview. I actually wasn't interviewing her for this story. I was interviewing her for a different story just about her opening up this business. And she happened to mention the labor shortage. And I was surprised. And I said, you know, what do you mean? And she said she's posted on Facebook and Indeed. Mm -hmm. And they just haven't had anyone going to these postings, which is especially interesting to me because, you know, the minimum wage, which is paid at a lot of jobs around Elon, is seven twenty-five an hour. And Carolina Sundries is offering wages starting at $12 and up to $14. So it's almost double what the minimum wage is, and they're still not getting many bites. So that was really interesting to hear from her that, you know, flexible hours, a higher wage didn't really seem to make much of an impact. And in your story, you also discuss the retirement community located in Elon Twin Lakes. As a company that works so closely with high-risk individuals, how has staffing been affected with the emergence of new coronavirus variants such as Omicron and Delta? I thought it was really interesting because she, the uh, CEO listed 
variants as one of the two biggest impacts, and it's the vulnerability to the new variants. Twin Lakes is 100% vaccinated and boosted, which is pretty radical for Alamance County. Not a lot of companies are enforcing a mandate like that. But Twin Lakes has seen that the variants are taking people out. At the time that I interviewed the CEO, she said up to 10% of their workforce was out due to either having COVID themselves or taking care of someone at home. So the variants present a huge challenge. And the other portion, and it's connected to the variants, is just the overall weariness that a lot of the employees are feeling for either just being in a pandemic for two years, but also picking up the extra work that is as inherent from having 10% of your workforce out. Mm -hmm. And you also talked with the executive vice president and chief nurse executive at Cone Health, Dr. Kenneth Remper, about staffing issues within the healthcare industry. And he said that nursing shortages create a ripple effect. Can you explain what he means by this? Sure. I think the best way to explain it was exactly how he explained it to me in the interview. And he said that if there are not enough nurses in a hospital, there might be two beds that close in one section. So the two people that come in that needed those beds in that section, therefore go to a different section. Let's say it's the emergency room. Now they are taking up two beds in the emergency room. Well, when two people come in that need the emergency room, they don't have any beds because it has the ripple effect from one portion of the hospital is closed, they're moved to another portion, but that portion still needs to function at full capacity. So those who are waiting in the emergency room can wait a lot longer due to just not having enough people to fully staff the hospital. And the other portion of that is people going to the emergency room for things that are not emergency medical. And so there's that kind of two-headed problem, I would say, that impacts that ripple effect overall. North Carolina is short over one million nurses and is positioned to be one of the top states affected by the shortage. In the next 12 months, the state could be short between 15 to 20 million nurses. And now, obviously, there could be a multitude of factors, but in your article, you mentioned two specific factors that have been affecting the number of nurses available for hire. You touched briefly upon one of them. Can you explain a little bit more in depth what they are? Definitely. So one that was mentioned by Dr. Renfer is the traveling nurse industry, which I I really didn't know a whole lot about, but it's basically the idea that there are nurses who fill in in the normal times, quote unquote, for either staff shortages due to regular non-COVID related sickness, or maybe someone is out on maternity leave or paternity leave. And so they fill in those gaps that are created by natural life events. And so these nurses often are paid a little bit higher of a salary, a more competitive salary, and the hospital systems simply aren't able to keep up. Now it has become a major multi-billion dollar industry that is um, recruiting nurses and paying very high salaries that most healthcare systems cannot compete with. So there are some nurses that are leaving the profession to do more traveling nurse jobs, and then there are not enough people graduating with the qualifications to become a nurse mm-hmm. or with the want to pursue, pursue nurse. So that's really the biggest, you know, this downstream and upstream um, bottlenecking that occurs as a result of not having sufficient 
um, certified, licensed, and, and um, credentialed employees. So there's the bottlenecking effect really at both ends. And the other specific factor that I think we all know really well now, being two years into the pandemic, is just the wear and tear that a lot of frontline workers are feeling of feeling hopeless, feeling like there's nothing that is going to stop this. I know Dr. Renfer mentioned this and a lot of press conferences with different healthcare providers have mentioned this. I mean, they're practically begging and pleading with people to either get vaccinated, mask up, what have you, because the mental effects of day in, day out battling COVID are starting to win over our healthcare providers. Remfer said that Cone Health has been offering bonuses to acknowledge the sacrifices of nurses and their families. Worker fatigue policies are also in place to make sure employees are not working over a set number of hours. We, we find a lot of ways to make sure that we maintain the high level of quality and safety, but we also uh, honor and recognize the need for time away and for respite for the nurses. And those are all of my questions I have for you. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a little while. Thank you so much, Anna. I'm glad to have you back. That's it for this week's episode of ENN Radio. Subscribe to ENN Radio on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media at Elon News Network. For the latest news, visit our website, elonnewsnetwork.com.